If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Our countdown timer ran out and it was just a black screen for a little bit. So. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> we got two... We, we ranted on about Pokemon. Too we got long. too busy talking about Pokemon, <laughs> but today's not about Pokemon, Yahtzee. Oh, oh, um, very recently, um, the uh, Steam Forged, uh, a company that makes board games and other tabletop games, has announced that they are utilizing their license, their Dark Souls license, to make a Dark Souls role playing game. And because it's the cool kid in town, they're using the Dungeons and Dragons 5e system. Okay, this is uh, probably a more your topic than mine. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I don't know if you uh, very famously, Steamforged had uh, had a gigantic Kickstarter, a very successful Kickstarter for Dark Souls the board game, and I don't know if yes, you have yes, seen that I or remember. played it at all. I haven't played it. I remember it. I remember it coming out, and everyone going, "Ooh, Dark Souls is a board game now." Yes, and you know what? Uh, from a technical standpoint, like they, we, you get custom minis uh, that are all gorgeous and wonderful little miniatures, and the game itself is one of the worst gaming experiences of my life, bar none. I, it is a incredibly difficult game to play to learn. Uh, I sat down with my family one day and we spent maybe four or five hours really like, hey, let's dig into this. And it was awful. It's difficult, is it? You could almost say it's the Dark Souls of board games. Son of a bee. Uh, it's, but it's, it's not just that it's difficult. It's not very fun. Right. Right. Three, by the way, Dark Souls, the board game, 3.7 million pounds. Ooh. That's how much it made. It's not difficult in the sense that uh, Dark, the original Dark Souls is difficult in a compelling way. Correct. Correct. Um, so when you say difficult, what do you mean? Because uh, how do you play it? Most board games you play with dice, don't you? Most board games you play with dice, they try to incorporate like the movement system. You know, like you could use movement to dodge or roll or you could use movement in your attack. Like they basically they try to board gamify stamina and it just doesn't work is the real essence of it well if anything then perhaps a tabletop rpg setting would be a better fit for dark souls mm. although thinking about it i would say not and just to give my <laughs> sort of uh slightly outsider's perspective i mean i played D with you so i have that much experience no massive dark souls fan but um seems to me the D, at least as we play it, is more a sort of uh, communal, improvised theatre sort of experience, mm-hmm. where everyone's like playing characters and uh, interacting. And Dark Souls isn't that. <laughs> <laughs> very, very famously, fifth edition 
of Dungeons and Dragons broke away from earlier editions to emphasize the role playing element. Correct. Right. Dark Souls, I would say, is more characterized as a very lonesome experience. Yes. Where you're all on your own in a big dying world, and the the few people you can meet and talk to are all nutters who keep laughing at the ends of everything they say. <laughs> Precisely. And most of them are dead by the end of the game anyway. Mm, so true, so true. Um... So what would what would you ever do with the tabletop property setting? You'd have to like make up a load of stuff, and then you might as well just be playing D and D, right? Well, you know, it's what well, the the frustrating thing is. Someone who has a toe dipped in both worlds here is like right now utilizing the D and D system. You could make a Dark Souls character if you wanted to, because of course most Dark Souls mm-hmm. characters are just fantasy characters. Like you have magic, you have swords, or you have a guy with big weapons, right? Yeah, swords and sorcery, dragons and wizards. Boom, and so it's like, oh, we already have that. Uh, we don't need we don't need like a a Dark Souls specific supplement because you using the rules as they are can already make a Dark Souls character. I suppose that's that's the question I've had since you mentioned this thing existed last night. Mm-hmm. What possible thing could you add to D anD D to give it a Dark Souls flavor? I mean, I'm I'm trying to picture it, like I'm trying to picture what we'd do if we transferred all the adventurous Nye characters into the Dark Souls setting. I'm picturing a scenario where you enter a room and uh, Mortimer is standing in it, and then a big health bar appears at the bottom of the screen, and then over it it says Mortimer, and then he's got an adjective attached as well. Yeah. So something like punished Mortimer, or Mortimer the flamboyant. Ooh, yes, I love it, Mortimer. The the deceiver, yes. Is that is that part of the character creation in the Dark Souls tabletop RPG? You have to come up with your adjective. <laughs> I do like that. That that could put be at the a top of your character idea. sheet. That could be a fun idea. Uh, one of one of the interesting things. One of the things that I think will be good about the Dark Souls the role playing game is a, a Dark Souls specific bestiary as a dungeon master like f- putting Dark Souls esque monsters in my game is very exciting because I like Dark Souls monsters well yeah you could just uh, use the specific monsters in the settings as well uh-huh. you could set a campaign in An Orlando where you fight Unseen and Smau with all of the existing D&D rules and not really miss out on anything. Yes. And it you know, I so back to your question of like how would we do this? I don't think that Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition is necessarily compatible with what you think of when you think about Dark Souls, right? Right. Because- well, let's try to let, let's think about this. Let's think about what specific mechanics the Dark Souls has that D&D doesn't that we could work into a tabletop setting. Sure. What about using humanity to summon allies in boss fights? Ooh, okay. Using so humanity have... to summon allies. Yes, you have your humanity uh, counter. Okay. Oh, and what about the recursive elements, where every time you die, you respawn back at the checkpoint? By the way, as someone who is a dungeon master, keeping track of exactly where I put all of my enemies in case my characters die seems like a giant pain in the ass. You could do a sort of Groundhog Day tabletop RPG. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where you, every, every, you start the dungeon, you, you play something like the Tomb of Horrors, it's really fucking unfair. Mm-hmm. 
And every time your party dies, they like start again and maybe try a different approach. <laughs> sure, but then that, like although that does sound horribly boring thinking about it. Yes. If if it's not if you don't have that like instant gratification of, you know, swinging a sword and seeing like you best an enemy, if like you have to if you have to continually roll for your attacks even though now you know exactly where the enemies are coming from, it will get boring really really quick. All right, all right. That's the uh, other thing, isn't it? The uh, the dueling combat system. Yes. How do you work that into a job setting? Well, you could do it like how I've seen some board games work, where they would sort of remove like uh, luck from the system. Uh, you have all the players sort of decide what they're going to do with tokens and then put their tokens face down. Ooh. And then you turn over the token and say, oh, the, the player decided in this round to parry, or this player decided to dodge, and the... the <laughs> So the DM turns over their token and says the monster decided to do a two-handed swing, so you shouldn't have tried to parry. Ha ha, you'd lose some health. Which is like as a as a tabletop game, that could be interesting because then like from a DM side, I would have to make a decision as to what the monster would do, right? Uh, or, you yes. know, the bad guy in general. And then maybe there would be some sort of like tell system because you know that's that's the thing with dark souls is like you the the enemies telegraph their attacks if you're paying attention you know when to parry you know when to dodge right it's so like we need a telegraph that would make system. things like a lot of ways you do that would make things very very easy for the players mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah it would <laughs> it's almost like it doesn't necessarily fit for a tabletop game <laughs> no quite um all right Terrible idea. Podcast over. Let's move on. Okay. Well, here's here's another thought I had, which is a yes. lot of Dark Souls involves stamina management. You use your stamina it, for swinging your weapons. You use your stamina stamina for rolling away. You use your stamina for blocking. I've got it. Okay. A tabletop setting with enormous heavy dice that are very very tiring to throw. <laughs> So then it's just if the player can keep throwing them, then they can play. <laughs> but yeah. if they have to take like a they have to take like a, a five minute break, then they get hit. I love it. I see no problems with that system. <laughs> well, okay, so my what my thought is is like uh so in, in Dungeons and Dragons, you can uh decide not to attack you can use your action you know you get an action and you get some movement right and in yes. D you can say oh i'm not going to attack i'm going to use that action for more movement yes as a rogue i get a bonus action in adventurers nigh which is very handy indeed for, yes if you need to hit something and then leg it and so what if we found a way to simplify the the action movement economy system where you know, uh, swinging your like, you know, imagine imagine you have like six squares, a grid of two by three squares and swinging your sword costs one square, rolling costs one square, running costs two squares or something like that. And then once you fill up your board, that's your turn. And so, like, if we can okay. if we can board gamify the stamina bar is my this is my out there thought where it's like, oh, the enemy is tired out. I have broken their stance. I'm going to use up my entire stamina bar just to slash and slash and slash, and that will be my turn. Sure. This is my thought. 
But the problem with that is uh, the player's stamina bar and the enemy's stamina bar needs a way to sort of deplete simultaneously. Sure. In constant response to each other's actions. I mean, you can't just like queue up a bunch of moves and then be fine what a, and then not queue up all the enemy's moves that they're going to do after all your moves are done. Right, right. So you're talking about like that back and forth that happens in the battle of Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. And as the, a lot of the people in the chat are saying, this sounds very, very fiddly. Yes, it's it's very, very fiddly. And so it's like, I think I think there is a way in which to do a Dark Souls-esque board game. I... I, I know for sure that trying to shoehorn it into the 5e system is the worst idea, but of course, that's the most popular system. So is, is it just going to be like an add-on for the for 5e then? Yeah, yeah, it'll just be, uh, it, it'll essentially be like a homebrew module for 5e. And my guess, I mean, like I said, it'll, it might, well, it, it very well may have some cool things. It'll have a bestiary. It'll probably have a settings uh, a setting that you can incorporate into your game, which will be super I, fun. I feel like if you went through the history of D&D, almost everything that's in Dark Souls is already there. Mm-hmm. Mimic chests, snake men, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, undead knight, undead knight again, bird undead knight, the skeletons, some gargoyles, <laughs> some more skeletons, some, skeleton. some skeleton gargoyles. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Well, and it's it's like, you know, D- Dungeons and Dragons has always been kind of about that like grid-based tactical combat. And that's yeah. not what Dark Souls is. Dark Souls isn't necessarily about tactics in combat. <laughs> you know, it's about reactions. Yeah it's, about, yeah, it's about dueling. Yeah. Basically, that's why it's always a pain in the ass when you have to find more than one thing at a time. <laughs> Right, right. And so it's like trying to even even if you roll back and, you know, like look at Advanced Dungeons and Dragons or 3.5, like that's all tactics. That is all a uh, uh, grid based movement tactic system. I was trying to think of uh, the name of the sci fi shooter that's grid based movement and tactics that everyone likes. And now the name is missing. What? XCOM. XCOM. Thank you. The game you really like. I do really like XCOM. I just can't remember everything at all times. That's... I was going to throw when you said sci-fi, because, you know, for some reason, when you say XCOM, I don't immediately think sci-fi, because it is aliens, but it's a contemporary (laughs) setting. Yeah, but it's aliens and laser weapons. Okay, fine, it's (laughs) sci-fi. But, you know, whenever I think of XCOM, I think of, like, fighting in a scrapyard or a public park or something. Sure, sure, sure. Fair, fair. Fair, fair. Um, any, in any case, I guess like, you know, to me, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, there is a, uh, so I was looking into other systems that might fit the Dark Souls. Well, there's a million billion dark, uh, board games and tabletop settings out there. A million billion. Um, one, one setting that I'm currently looking into as I'm trying to start a, a, a side game from my regular D&D game is a system, uh, is a game called Blades in the Dark. Mm, well, it's got the, it's got the word dark right there. It's in got there. the word dark right in it. And the setting is very, the setting is probably a little more bloodborne but it's, you know, it's all like Gothic, Victorian, 
a horror. Like you can actually play as a ghost if you want, which is super neat. Sounds kind of dull. <laughs> no, you swing at the monster. Your arm goes through them again. again. <laughs> you find a pottery wheel. Roll. The, mon- for- the monster feels a little bit chilly. <laughs> Um, use GURPS. Get out of here, nameless. Uh, but Blades in the Dark is a much simpler combat system, so there wouldn't mm-hmm. be as much fiddly dice rolls in between. Uh, and they uh, they have a specific way, uh, almost like a boss health bar, where if you have a major uh, a major feat that you are trying to accomplish, uh, the DM is supposed to make a little pie. And a simple feat will only have four slices to the pie. And then as you achieve your goals, I, uh, I like uh, rub in, I <laughs> rub in or rub out a section of pie. And then once you def- uh, finish all four pie sections, uh, pie slices, you win. And so you could utilize that in a combat scenario. Hmm. Um. So, well, yeah. yeah. What well, might be a dueling system that might work for board games or tabletop? Is where everyone's got like a like a sort of a rectangular piece of card that represents their body, okay. and then they have a, a transparent piece that goes on top of that, Ooh. and then like a sword token that goes on top of the transparent piece. Uh-huh. And then before combat, before each round of combat, you sort of arrange where you want the sword to be on the transparent bit, and then you take off the transparent bit with the sword bit. And you overlay it onto the defending enemy's rectangle bit to see if it hits part of their body or clashes with their weapon or a shield or whatever. Ooh. Okay. I just just thought of that while I was zoning out while you were describing the last thing. By the way, you're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so then, like, if you're attacking me as a defender, I need to place my shield or uh, get my repost somewhere. Privately from each other, behind a cover or something. Okay, sure. We've got our, like, cards facing each other. I'm, like, arranging my sword uh, on my my body. (laughs) And then you put down your defending card, and I take off the transparent piece with my sword on it and overlay it onto your character card and uh, if your card and my sword like hits your legs then i just stabbed you in the legs and because your shield was up here (laughs) okay oh i'm in love with this and then um is so is but is there any telegraphing or this is just a pure luck of the luck of the draw Well, you can. I guess you could watch what the other player does with their hand behind behind the screen. And you think, ah, he's moving his hand down there. I am going to assume he's moving his shield down there. Mm, box Ooh. clever. Ooh, I like that. And so, so you, everyone gets a little screen, and then you have to. And but you could you could be like, oh, I'm putting it down here, but actually, you know, put it up here. <laughs> Oh, you know what? No, you know what you do. You have like yeah. um, you have faint tokens. So oh. the tokens you put, I got like little pegs that are visible from the other side. Okay. So you put them through the little holes, so you can see where they've put pegs, but you don't know which peg represents the shield or which peg represents like other body parts, or like maybe nothing at all. Maybe it's just like a faint token. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back because I'm loving this idea. So, but go back and explain to me the tokens on the thing. Okay. Well, um, this time it's like a transparent piece. It's like um, a battleship style grid of holes. Yes. And when you and you put in a peg on from your side, you can see the peg that rep- represents a sword or a shield, or just a token that says faint, which means it isn't actually anything at all. Yeah. And they can see that you've put pegs in specific holes, but they don't know what specific peg you've put in each hole. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so, yeah, you, you have a sword token, you have a shield token, and you have a faint token. And you yes. you place them on, on your guy, and you, oh, this is where I'm going to hit you, right? And then they, oh, yeah. okay, oh, I think he's going to hit here, I think he's going to hit here. And then... And then how do okay so this is this is brilliant how do we figure out who attacks first what's the coin i don't know <laughs> i guess like we what we could do is like a we could do know, like the mon- the uh, monkey island system where the one who throws out the best insult goes first because they get advantage <laughs> No, that's fair. I, w- I was thinking more um, more of the RPG-ish style where, like, you know, if, if you chose, uh, you can choose, like, attributes to make you either stronger or more agile. And the more agile person would get to go first, the stronger person maybe has more, uh, you know, more pie chunks to fill in. Yeah. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're the same, then you toss a coin or, uh, you know, Yo Mama rap battle to see who wins. There you go. Just a thought. I no, Just I an idea. I love this idea. I, I see a lot of people in chat already calling it, you know, uh, battleship, but with knives. And yes, I think that could be a really fun system as far as that um, fencing, you know, as far as like the dueling is concerned. Yeah, take some pretty elaborate uh, plastic pieces that you need to manufacture for every unit. Yes. But hey, you know, they manufacture battleship all right, apparently. Just you just gotta get I it guess, out there. I guess most board games these days they don't really make plastic pieces, do they? It's all about cardboard so all the players can knock them out of the the thing when they first unpack the game. Cardboard is very popular. Uh, molded plastic. There's a lot of molded plastic. Um mm. so you know, that's though those are a little more high quality, is the molded plastic. Yeah, I mean, and that's just going to be more expensive to manu- to manufacture, isn't it? Sure. Sure, I guess. And these pieces are going to need very, like, specific uh, pieces and uh, shapes and ways to interact. So if you lose them, you can't just replace it with something off the mantelpiece like you can with chess. So true, yes. We need to make sure we set up a system in which they can buy more things from us. That's the most important part of any board game. <laughs> Well, you know, this sort of prototype could probably be refined down to something much more straightforward. Oh, absolutely. Everyone in the chat saying, oh, just do like a rock, paper, scissors thing. Rock, paper, scissors, but it's attack, parry, uh, retreat. Ooh, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess what the point is here, the thing we are talking about here is, is video games adapted to table games. And there are so many of them that don't, work well it's a good piece of uh game design advice actually to maybe try out your game as a board game before you start building it to see if it works okay that doesn't work with every kind of game of course 
I mean, it wouldn't work if you were making like Half Life, right? Because the board game would be a million miles long. <laughs> it's more for like if you're making something like XCOM, I guess. I've heard very good things about the XCOM board game. Of course, the XCOM board game has a companion app that you need to play it with because the the real problem with any sort of board game adaptation is you need the artificial intelligence. You need an enemy AI for most well, yes. games. I once tried to prototype a concept for a, a stealth board game. Mm. There was a, like sort of dungeon exploring in your sort of Space Hulk original Dungeons & Dragons sort of manner where, you know, you got little like, room pieces that fit onto each other and you mm. unveil the map as you go through it. But it was more stealth-based, so it was all about, like, picking hiding places and uh, guard visibility. Yes. I envisioned, like, having sort of a visibility cone piece you place on top of the board to see what the guard can see. Ooh. But it quickly uh, transpired that um, it's very difficult to do shit like AI patrol routes in a board game. Because, <laughs> yeah, at the end of every all player's turn, you have to, like, roll the dice nine times for every yard on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this one moves one step this way. This one moves one step this way. One step this way. There, there's a board game called Burgle Bros., uh, that that does a very similar thing where where after every player's turn you have to then uh, it's it's a heist board game it's a game about burgling and so yes mm. the the guards have a little bit of an ai where you know where they're going to walk the next uh, their next turn but yeah it it slows down gameplay because after everyone goes then someone needs to go oh okay the guard goes here next because that's the path it was on and if it runs into a wall you have to like make a decision on where the guard goes next but it has to make yeah. logical sense and then you're like oh wait now I'm not playing the game anymore I'm playing the enemy and that's no fun yeah you have to work out shit like oh if the player is spotted what was what was their last known position and then the guards will move towards that <laughs> mm-hmm. Etc. Etc. And so, like, like there, there were, there, there were. What I'm trying. What am I trying? Oh, I guess that wasn't based off of a video game. I was thinking of the aliens or the alien board game, which uh, in which the player, all the players, also got to control the alien as Mm. they were trying to escape. Um, and then every player took a turn controlling the alien, trying to devour other players. Uh, okay. which which so was in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So it's just another player. It's just. Well, well, you know, because the the goal of the game was to be the it was either to escape or be the the last survivor on the ship. Okay. And so then, then every player while controlling the alien, because you you got to control a player character, and then you got one turn to control the alien. Uh, oh, so you so you all controlled the alien. So you all controlled the alien exactly, and so that way it gave you the player motivation to move the alien towards someone else, you know. And then it it was kind of like chaotic alien action. Yeah, it which just, feels right. like the alien would just be constantly going around in circles, pursuing different objectives every every moment. A little bit, but you know, it's a, a the an alien is a wild animal. That's kind of what it would do. It makes sense. Uh just use GURPS. No, 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 Nunya. No one likes GURPS. GURPS it's is GURPS. way too complicated. Lots of people like complicated. Oh, they certainly seem to be very complicated games and systems in the world. That's true. What's that really horrible tabletop system someone came up with that incorporates all this like sex stuff as well? Like vaginal depth and penis length. 
Uh, I think it was called. I think it was called Fatal, and that stood for something. F A T A L. It's like like the, the notor. It's like a notoriously bad uh, tabletop setting that someone made and published at some point. Uh, and I, it's uh, full uh, yeah. of really really suspect shit. They they are everyone is is uh, confirming Fatal. Yeah, I don't believe GURPS the generic universal role playing system has penis length. Uh, and, and you know fatal because it's like the sort of eye of argon but for tabletop role playing oh like this okay. notoriously bad thing that everyone has a laugh making fun of gurps the rpg that sounds like an std it's, it's true well and it's like you know you know gurps is far too complicated dark souls at its core is a relatively simple game hit the enemy don't get hit it's it, like we can boil all of Dark Souls down to stamina management. Sure, that's it. Um, people might complain, but we could. We could. <laughs> I, I'm talking the primary loop. The primary loop of Dark Souls can, I think, honestly be boiled down to stamina management. Well, in combat, sure. That's that's, that's the primary loop. <laughs> it, yeah, all right, all right, all right. I'd say the primary loop is exploration, but fine. Uh, 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 well we could talk about that all day and we frequently have as many people have commented yeah it seems like it's all we ever bang on about dark souls so do you want to reach some kind of conclusion so we can go to super chats I would. I would like to reach some kind of conclusion. Uh, I, I guess it's it's the same conclusion I have when you are adapting anything which is how can you maintain the spirit of the thing and bring it into a fresh new space? And from looking at Steamforge's past in adapting Dark Souls specifically, I think what they are doing is they bought the rights to Dark Souls in the tabletop space and are trying to print some money. I think this is a cash grab opportunity is basically what I'm saying. Well, I guess in the sense that any business venture is a cash grab, I suppose. But yeah, sure. Even if it's just, I mean, I mean, there's like a validity in just publishing like a settings book and a bestiary. Sure, sure. Just like uh, publish some like books of maps for mm. playing through with a Dark Souls theme. People would like that, I guess. Yes. No, I, I there's there's a lot that I think I will enjoy about Dark Souls, the role playing game. I think you'd only like it if you were more into like the numbers and the mechanics of of Dungeons and Dragons than mm. in the story and role playing part of it. Sure, because that's kind of not relevant to Dark Souls, unless you really want to play as Sigmire. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Frankly, we, we all. I mean, we all do. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just to me this this reeks of of quick cash grab, uh, and and I'm not I'm not super looking forward to it though. Like I am curious about what they have to offer, and more so, it's just like why why <laughs> why are you gonna are you gonna try it out just to see if they can if they can prove you wrong? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, they the they have not launched the kickstarter yet i don't believe um but now that i say that now that i say that i'm gonna google it real quick all right well, while you're doing that maybe yeah. i'll uh, get these super chats ready for us 
Why don't you get those super chat chips? Remember to get your super chats in now, everyone, because uh, this is the bit where we read them all out. Mm. Well, we have to go back to the first ones we got. That's true. Uh, okay, yeah, they just revealed the they they haven't started the Kickstarter yet. Uh, they've just revealed the cover of the book. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, that's the important part, isn't it? Let's see. Oh, my God. Steamforge has made a Resident Evil board game, a Horizon Zero Dawn board game, a Monster Hunter World board game. Are any of those good? <laughs> no. No one's ever... No. I, I. You know what? I haven't played them. I have not played them. Uh, but what I can tell you is um, I'm... Uh, I have a toe dipped in the board game community and no one ever talks about them. Board game market does seem a bit oversaturated. Very oversaturated, absolutely. Just from uh, what I know of it, you know, yeah, it's it's a it's a money making space right now, and uh, I guess so are video games in general. And so someone here is like, let's take the peanut butter and jelly and make them one. All righty. Well, on that note, speaking of peanut butter and jelly coming together to form one. Now the peanut butter of your super chats get to combine with the jelly of this podcast yes. to make one beautiful hole. Yeah, starting with Meatwad, who gives us forty rubles to say nothing. <sighs> really feeling the energy right now, aren't you? Wait, wait, who who gave forty rubles? Meatwad. Oh, okay. Meatwad uh, actually messed up their super chat, and I have it uh, from uh, editor in chief Nick Calandra sent me a message uh, to uh, ask their question. Uh, so I have their question right here, Yahtzee. Well, read it out then. Are you ready? Time's a wasting. No. Okay. It says Jack. Do you have any experience with systems that allow solo DMless variants of playing, like Oracle engines for D and D? Irons worn narrative first TTRPG. Think you know, that my was instinct. My first instinct was that sounds utterly pathetic. But then I thought, wait, why would it be more pathetic than just playing a game on playing a video game by yourself or reading a book by yourself? So fine, uh, go on. Um, they think that would be suitable for Dark Souls RPG. Uh, I have no experience in DMless variants. I just read a choose your own adventure book. That's the Isn't thing. That the or just thing? play a video game. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you need you need a DMless variant. You're coming up with fancy terms for your choose your own adventure books now. <laughs> to and you know, I, like I, I understand, like D and D is a lot of things to a lot of people, but for me, it's about that collaborative story that we all tell together. It's about the players bouncing off of the world and and that. So, like, yes, a DMless variant of D and D is not something I would be interested in. It might work for Dark Souls, but then just play Dark Souls. That's a DMless variant right there. DMless <laughs> Eduardo Felipe gives 25,000 PYG G's. Ooh, PYG. Pretty young thing. Pretty young king. Pretty young, pretty young guy. PYG. Hi, just finished listening to your books. Your voice for annoying teenagers is too on point. Also, now it's hard to take anything you say seriously. 
Thank you very much, Eduardo Felipe. My voice for annoying teenagers. Oh, I hate you. I wish you'd never been born. Nice. Which classic. is based partly on uh, Harry Enfield's classic turn as Kevin the teenager in his 90s television series. There you go. I guess there's also some Neil from the Young Ones in there. Anyway. British television! British television. (laughs) T. Williams CA gives $4.99 US to say, with more games released unfinished or with gameplay behind paywalls, does that make reviewing them harder? Well, I guess I'm resolved to stop worrying about it. I just review what they put out on the uh, release day and everything else they can stick up their ass. Got to get that day one patch in fucking fast. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, and you know, obviously, like, there's a there's a lot of gray in here. But to me, like, if I am able to purchase a game, I'm going to talk about it. Whether whether it's in early access, whether it it is getting a patch in two weeks, if I buy a game, I am reviewing the thing I bought. You yeah. know, well, I, I do avoid uh, reviewing early access games now, right? And I think that's very fair. But, you know, that's kind of a double-edged sword, because often, like, a game is in early access the whole time anyone's talking about it. Right. So when it finally gets the 1.0 release, everyone's moved on to Dying Light 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And whatever's next in the popular zeitgeist. They're moving on Zeit. to the next early access game, yeah. It's, and they just jump from one to the other. Zeit is German for time, and Geist is German for ghost or spirit. The whole meaning spirit of the time. Ooh, I like that. Thank you for sharing your information, your knowledge of languages. Thank you. Well, my knowledge of German. I studied German in high school oh. and nothing else. Uh, where are we? Benjamin Wilson gives five Canadian dollars to say there is a Dark Souls board game and that's pretty much all you need. It's all right and you get cool looking figurines. Well, Jack would hate to differ, Benjamin Wilson. He said the game was all right. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, and I mean, you you're get wrong. Cool, and you get cool figurines with it. He oh, said. actually, I said the same thing. Yeah, you do get really cool figurines. That's that's the only reason that I keep that around is so like my kids can play with the little figures. The game sucks. We all like it's okay that the game sucks. We all paid a lot of money for that game, and it sucks. And that's a learning experience. Hmm. Uh, Doron Grossman Naples gives 10 US dollars and say recently rewatched the ZP on Hellblade Sensual Sarcasm and Yahtzee mentioned that its take on mental illness left him cold. Are there any games that you think do a good job portraying mental illness? Hmm. Well, speaking as an anxiety sufferer, Five Nights at Freddy's was very good at setting off my anxiety, if not portraying it. Okay. Probably the most efficiently anything's ever set off my anxiety. Hmm. Uh, I think that's a that's a complicated subject because of course you know like mental health is different for everyone even people who suffer from the same affliction like it's well, so quite. different for everyone where it's really hard yeah. to say like I know I know they were uh, if you've played that Sensua they were they were trying it's, it's the real name is Senua's Sacrifice I think thank you uh, I know they were they were attempting some like mental health uh, analogies there, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But then, but you know, I think 
in the most popular culture, mental illness is just shorthand for being killed crazy violent. Right. And that was a game about being killed crazy violent. So I don't really think it was really uh, capturing the spirit. Right. 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 Uh, Mr. Wade Lee gives five US dollars to say, in case you didn't know, Jack, there is a fan-made bestiary for both Bloodborne and Monster Hunter available as PDFs for free online if you Google them. Yes, I I have seen them floating around, um, and I have uh, I may have borrowed a stat block or two in my time, but you know, just give given the monsters a different skin. Yeah, that, well, which is yeah. which is why this is my like that was my starting gripe, which is like, oh, if you want to be if you want to be a Dark Souls character in Dungeons and Dragons, you can already do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's fan made best year entries for pretty much everything for D and D. I once saw one for uh, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> he wanted to do a D and D campaign where you have to fight Jason Voorhees, yeah. and it was using that really weird uh, physic uh, uh, magic they used in Jason Goes to Hell: The Final Friday, where he can turn into a little beastie that goes inside people's bodies and possesses them. Oh, that's fun. which is just really which is just weird. Yeah, very weird, but it's fun, and and so it's like you no, know, there's already so much you can do just to reflavor stuff, you know. Like instead of having witch bolt, you could call it um, what's the uh, a soul spear or whatever, you know. Like you can just call your spells what they're called in Dark Souls. Dress up like mm-hmm. a Dark Souls, and you're playing Dark Souls. Like you don't you don't need to buy anything else to put to play dark souls in dungeons and dragons which is why i'm getting my feathers all ruffled over this yes we can see how ruffled your feathers are very clearly (laughs) (coughs) pascal vows 69 gives five euros to say yahtzee any idea of jam and mogwild are going to return to audible ps very glad to have found this series fills a hole for me left by drown out no, I don't know. It's on Audible. They still haven't gotten back to me about it. The pers- You need to be harassing them about it, not me. Ooh, get there. Yeah, you need to be going, what happened to those books? Uh, why aren't you corresponding with the author and working out a publishing deal to get them put back on? I'll have you know, I will thwack you with sticks. Maybe not thwack with sticks, but, you know, you can let them know that that's a thing you would like to purchase on their storefront. Yes. Let them know that they're losing money. That seems to be the only way to motivate mm-hmm. people like that. Absolutely. Moff Mup gives 50 Swedish kroner to say, if you have to make a Dark Souls TTRPG, well, that's a, that's a pretty big if, <laughs> Moff Mup, there are better systems than D&D 5 Edition. That game is closer in field to the Hobbit movies than Dark Souls. It's almost as if they share an inspiration, isn't it? Weird. Yeah. Weird. That uh, <laughs> Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien has a lot to uh, answer for. <laughs> it's almost like like things specific. Did you hear that? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, a cookie is currently laying down in my office doorway and just went... Uh, maybe because she heard us talking about the uh the hobbit the tolkien (laughs) but uh yeah like that's the thing oh god they're all going off about that again Uh, not the not the tolkien again uh right that's the thing yes it's heroic fantasy (laughs) about about finding treasure feelings clear Toby makes his feelings clear he just sleeps through the whole thing (laughs) much clearer message (laughs) right right and so like if you take if you take a system designed around 
heroic fantasy and uh, finding loot and try to mesh it with a movie uh, or with a intellectual property about dark fantasy, a dying world and surviving long enough to kill the world. <laughs> like it's not going to mesh perfectly. Is I guess what I'm saying here. Fair enough. No. <clears throat> Maybe it's more the uh, Robert Howard Conan mythos that inspires D&D more than Tolkien does these days. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, like yeah. wizards and barbarians are in there. and I guess the standard fantasy setting comes to us from many influences. Oh, sure. Like... The though like if you if you reread The Hobbit, which I I just did recently, like so many things in Dungeons and Dragons are just like wholesale plucked directly from that book, <laughs> which mm. which is great. Like it it works fine because it's a book they, about going on an adventure and treasure hunting. <laughs> didn't D and D get into trouble at one point because they put in a little Lovecraftian monsters without realizing Lovecraft wasn't out of copyright yet? Ooh. Uh, that I don't know. I know in in the first books, uh, they were uh, the the halflings were called hobbits, and mm. uh, and the Tolkien estate put a stop to that real quick, which is why now they're called halflings and not hobbits. Did you know that uh, Games Workshop has the copyright over the name orc spelled with a K? I did not know that. <laughs> if you use an orc anywhere, it has to be orc with a C. If you do it with a K, then you get sued by Games Workshop. Good to know, I guess. What a weird, what a weird thing. Why is why would orcs be spelled with a K? That's because weird. Uh, that's the, that's because you're doing a Warhammer setting like where goodness. it is spelled with a K. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway. <clears throat> Uh, I've completely forgotten what we were on because that went on <laughs> such a tangent. Okay. Darfulus gives five US dollars to say a question to both, but mostly Jack, being D&D related. I'm curious what other editions you've played and if they do anything better than five edition for you. I've been playing Hero Quest when I was a kid on that sure. big board. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun with that. That's great. Um, I've dabbled in a little bit of 3.5. Uh, I have a friend who who ran a couple one-shots for me in the 3.5 uh, rule set, and and it broke my brain a little bit because I learned in 5th edition. Um, I've played several different tabletop RPGs that have, you know, obviously significantly different rule set. The Powered by Apocalypse system comes to mind uh, as a really fun system uh i'm i'm learning blades in the dark which is a little bit different but but no mostly 5e like little this much 3.5 just enough to know that it's not really for me okay so great uh that guy you know gives five us dollars to say i think it would be really hard to have the tone of dark souls in a tabletop game i'm imagining players trying to seduce the grim dark nightmare creatures well there are plenty of other (laughs) souls like games if you're into seduction, mm-hmm. Code Veins brings to mind, mm-hmm. where all the bosses are big titty anime girls. <laughs> right, that's like that's that's all part of it. Where it's like Dark, Dark Souls has nothing to do with charisma. <laughs> no, it's not even a stat, is it? <laughs> no, no. 
Although, you know, mm. stats in Dark Souls are kind of dumb. Right, right. There's one for health and one for stamina, and the rest just pick, just decide what weapons you can use. Right. The rest is just about synergy or, yeah. or how much you can carry. Yeah. And then there's resistance, which doesn't do anything. Uh, you say until, you know, like you, you get to the poison area. Ooh, now who wants to level up resistance? Hmm? Hmm? Well, hmm. not me, because I've already gone to the Under Asylum and got the Rusted Iron Ring. Oh, damn it. Because I'm smart like that. You're super smart like that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Gabe Clement gives five US dollars to say, if you were split vertically down the middle, but both halves of you regenerated, are there now two of you, or did you die and leave behind clones? <sighs> I think the answer is toffee, apple, custard, uh, Eiffel Tower. Moving on. Real quick, you died and left clones. Abdul Rahman Alawadi gives 50, oh for fuck's sake, A-E-D-D-H's <laughs> to say, I think the essence of Dark Souls is in the atmosphere, so I think you can run the 5th edition combat as is. However, there's a lot that must be done in the exploration part, the bonfires, humanity, etc. Yeah, exactly. Just publish a book of settings and best, and characters. Yeah. There you go. Right, right. Like that, that again, like that, that's part of my issue here where it's like, oh, yeah, here's like here's a setting. Here's some characters to use. Here's some bestiaries to use in your Dungeons and Dragons game. That's fine. But to be like, this is the Dark Souls role playing game using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition like that's, you know, that's the big thing. Yeah. Well, Dark Souls does have Dungeons and Dragons in it. Ooh. You can see how it makes sense to some people, I guess. But. We'll see. <laughs> right. I just, I have, so, I got, I have nothing. Mr. Wade Lee gives 10 US dollars to say, I think a better system than 5th edition for Dark Souls would be Genesis or Monster Punk. Genesis, spelled with a Y, sure. is a general for anything, and MP has a dark atmosphere that could be morphed into Dark Souls. You guys are great. Any experience with those two? Neither. Well, that kind of threw me because I was expecting you to say no, and then I was going to say me neither, but now I can't because for some reason you said neither, and now I'm thrown. <laughs> Got you know, you you gave me two options, and I could have said no, but also neither is a correct answer because I've I've played neither or neither. I suppose. Are bit, you are you not bit, hearing that? Yeah, I'm just feeling a bit mentally derailed because i need to have my lunch yeah, absolutely fair also i was up for an hour last night because mm. my daughter woke up at like midnight and just couldn't go to sleep unless i was holding her hand adorable i mean it's not enough that i work all day for these people no all night too double duty yeah i've got to like sacrifice sleep and hold their hand like my hand is just a fucking teddy bear on the end of an arm. Yeah, yeah, that's parenting. You're doing it. You're doing it, yachts. I'm waiting for the fun parts where uh, they I can start vicariously living through them and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. <clears throat> uh, Joshua David asks. Well, he gives fourteen South African rand. I've remembered that one now. Nice. To say, will you ZP Sifu and the new Pokemon game? Funny you should mention those two, 
those are presently the two games that I'm playing this week, and I'm still in the position of having to decide which one to review, and I haven't decided yet. I'm probably going to play them both a bit more later today. Which one is Sifu? It's an indie game. It's a sort of uh, brawling, uh, nuanced combat, semi-roguelike thing. Oh, okay. It's hard to describe, but it's kind of interesting. All right. All right. And also, the, and the new Pokemon game is the new Pokemon game. Uh, yes. But might not be as interesting, but we know it would bring more viewers in, you tiresome, predictable shits. So we so I'm, yeah, I'm gonna play the morn <laughs> to be fair to Pokemon's tired predictable shits uh you know this is a this is a different thing here it's they, they this is Pokemon attempting to expand itself, which is uh you know admirable maybe so it's, it's only I only like things expanding themselves when they're in your pants yeah let's go with that boom i was about to say something horrifying there we go (laughs) i assumed sexual but there you go that's fine yeah yeah you assume correct but uh you managed to head me off at the pass there and i appreciate it andrew willems gives five us dollars to say i miss fact jack whatever happened to old fact jack he's he's still here he's still here dropping knowledge bombs He's, he does, does, doesn't quite have the uh, the audience for his knowledge bombs anymore. You know, it, it, I'm I'm I, I've used it all. All of my knowledge is already out there. The rest is just prattle prattle. There you go. Mm-hmm. He's morphed into DM Jack. It's true. I guess now I have so many more facts to keep up there. I know. Ooh, that's it. Fact Jack has been replaced by rules. Jack. I need to know all the rules. Oh, and it's it's hiring. Well, speaking of rules, Billy Wilbur gives 10 British pounds to say telegraph with cards that show whether you raise your sword arm up to the right, left, etc. before your attack. These limit where you can put your tokens. More powerful attacks have more limitations. Ooh. So yeah, I guess he's saying you have to, you telegraph your attacks by, Displaying a number of cards that are showing the range of things you can do, but without saying which specific position you're going to put it in. Yes, I like that. And so, like, you know, if we're thinking about this this um, uh, battleship game as if you are fighting in slow-mo, you put a little, like, red card on the right-hand side to say that you are, like, swinging at the right-hand side, right? Yeah, and that, but I, they, I worry we're overcomplicating it now. Well, we're I I I feel like we're trying to capture that essence of of the duel, right? Well, why don't we just play Dark Souls then? Ooh, that's a great idea. Let's do it right now. Dump Dark Souls. Oh, it's the boss. It's the dancer of the Boreas Valley. Well, that's not the Dark Souls music at all. Oh, crap. I've been listening to the wrong music. Uh, I've got a whole bunch more. Okay. Yes, here we go. The Atomic Lemon gives five euros to say, Yahtzee, the Nightfall mod for Dark Souls 1 just released the demo. Have you heard of it? If not, consider this a recommendation. Of course I've heard of it. The Escapist did a whole bloody documentary on it very recently. Right? Yeah, that's the one where it starts at the end of Dark Souls 1 and then sort of unofficial sequel going back through the world. 
It's an unofficial I'm sequel keen... if you chose the dark ending. Yes. Yeah. I'm keen to try it when I have free time, which will be never. Hmm. Yeah, looks fantastic. Looks fantastic. Maybe when the kids are away at school. So I look forward to looking at it in about five years. Yeah, there you go. The the only thing that that might be weird for me is it looks like they've implemented like the um the like the dash system that was part of the uh one of the creator's personal mods. Uh-huh. Uh, instead of you know like a dash instead of a roll like a ninja dash and it's like oh I, right. I kind of like just the rolling but you know we'll see we'll see how it goes bloodborne was dash rather than a roll wasn't it well i, I they have like a like a warp dash like a zoop, you know like oh, a right. like a hyper light drifter type da- dash oh like like a cuphead dash yeah, oh there you go like a cheaty dash like a cheaty dash and so it's like I don't where know all invul- where it's all in vulnerability frames. I believe so. I don't know, you know, I don't know the specifics because I haven't played that specific mod, but all the gameplay footage that I saw in the wonderful documentary made by the escapist, uh, they were using that mod. And so I was like, Ugh. yes, as a, you should check out right now, by the way, this is a great, it's a great documentary. A little real fun. Gets you a super hype. Uh, Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euro to say on last week's topic you used Terry Gilliam esque and Kafka esque to describe stuff. I think the term souls like is useful and concise in a similar vein. Ooh, you've just been waiting all week to make that point, haven't you, Meister Kleister Heist Air? You had a bit of l'esprit de scalier, I'm sure. Sure. You know, you know what l'esprit de scalier is? No. It's a French term, which literally means the wit of the staircase. And it refers to when you, when you think of the perfect thing you should have said right after you leave the room and the conversation. <laughs> I did not know that had a name, and now I love it. The wit of the staircase. Yes. Ooh, if, oh, if someone says that exact same thing to me again, I'll know exactly how to retort. Ooh. Yes. Usually count on Europeans to have come up with a clever term for something. Beautiful. If there's no like actual term for it. Beautiful. That's a good one as well. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. All right. Great. I like it. That guy, you know, gave us five US dollars to say a video game board game would seem like it'd be more fun to own than to play, like a cool knickknack and conversation piece. Well, I suspect you might have hit the nail on the head there, that guy, you know. I think that's a lot of what this oversaturated board game market is doing at this mm-hmm. point. I, I nod appropriately. Oh, you guys can't see here, but like right right here on my shelf is my still unopened copy of the Stardew Valley board game. Yes. <laughs> you should give that a go and I, report back. I should, but, you know, learning a new game is hard and I've been burned before. So, But yes, it is a lovely uh, shelf piece. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just the logical uh, conclusion of people buying a bookshelf full of leather books they've never read. Ooh, absolutely. Because it, it looks good behind you on a Zoom background or whatever. That's what you need. You need all the stuff back there to say, oh, oh, look at how well read I am. <laughs> look at my D&D books. <laughs> Nanya gives $5 to say, I'm just tired of people trying to make 5 edition do things it's not suited for. Also, I think bonfire game nails a common feature better than recursive. Oh, I see. They're criticizing our uh, our special term we coined, recursive. Thinks we should call them bonfire game, but I disagree. I I disagree as well. <laughs> Obviously, like bonfire. It's only 
Yeah, it's only a bonfire in Dark Souls. You might as well just use Souls like you can say that. Right, right. Uh, once again, you're pigeonholing the 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 Souls experience with recursive. That that fits outside of the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So shut up. <laughs> Basically, shut up. <laughs> Yes, thanks for your money, by the way. Also- Benjamin Wilson gives five Canadian dollars to say Dark Souls board game now has a revised rule set, which makes it a lot more enjoyable than it used to be. Well, I guess we'll just take your word for that. I guess. The first impressions are very important. <laughs> is that true? Or is that just when people say, oh, they added Joker to Smash Brothers. Now it's a really good game. You should play it. That 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 reeks of no 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 no. Once once you you hit twenty hours, then it gets real. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The old uh, hand on a hot stove argument. Yes, exactly. Just wait, just wait for all your nerves to burn away. Right, then, then you won't feel a thing. Then it then it actually it feels good. It's like a, it's like you know warms you up. You know, like yeah. I'm sure, like I've heard I've heard very good things about um, No Man's Sky. You know, in in the time in which i played it and now uh they say they fixed a lot of things i'm not going to play it again first impressions are important yeah i got other shit to do yeah i did i did watch the internet historian video on no man's sky though and that was a lot of fun okay well there you go but then you know his videos are generally a lot of fun good good uh carter broughton (laughs) or Brofton, or however you say that, gives two US dollars to say, how many furry stroke Zuma jokes in the next ZP? Well, the next ZP's going to be Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Okay. So not so many Zuma jokes, possibly some furry jokes. There you go. Possibly. So Louise Tarrant Tarrant gives... uh, 449 British pounds to say board games based on video games are probably about as relevant as video games based on movies. Might be a good ones, but primarily for fans. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's that's all that's all this is. It's more cynical than than uh than an artistic expression. Yeah. yeah. Uh Daniel Durbin gives 799 US to say love the show. Figured I should donate after picking up a copy of Mogworld at a used bookstore. Hmm. Any updates about Starstruck Vagabond? Hmm. I'm working on the critical path plot at the moment. Hmm. All I've worked out all the crew members. Now I'm working out the plot. I've uh, I've timelined it all out. Now I just have to make all the cutscenes and shit and extra art assets. Cool. We're all looking forward to it. Andrew White Winter gives one ninety nine US to say: Is there a value difference in reading or Audible? Are you asking if I get more money from audiobook sales or from print or ebook sales? You know what? I'm not sure. I guess I get more from audiobook sales. Possibly, but that might just be because we get usually get more audiobook sales. But I do get an extra payout for doing the voice myself. Oh, okay. Because they have to pay, you know, the the voice talent. So I get a double payout if I do my own audiobooks. Ooh, fun. So, uh, well, I guess that doesn't really affect the money I get from the individual purchase, but it certainly encourages me to make audiobooks if you buy audiobooks. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to listen to Yahtzee read for hours on Quite. Yeah, well, that's why we had to make those four-hour zero-punctuation compilation videos, because yeah. people were making them anyway, and we wanted to cash in. That's the thing. We just want to some hear people, you talk over and over again. Some people just want to hear my sultry tones. 
Candy-colored clown they call the Sandman. Tiptoes to my room every night. Let a sprinkle stardust and a whisper. Go to sleep. Everything. Burglars, burglars, your mum's dead, your mum's dead. The dog's been shot. Run, run, everything's on fire. Great. Anyway, Mr. Wade Lee comes back <laughs> to say ten to give ten dollars US yeah. and says, I agree with Jack about changing the game to fit your setting. My friend is running a persona-esque slice of life stroke dungeon fighter, and it's some of the most fun I've had as a player. Huh. How are they doing that? Are they just like combining two different tabletop settings? Is there a tabletop setting where you're just uh, you're like an anime boy in an anime waifu harem? Like is I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, but like, you know, that's uh, uh, once again, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like they, they, there have been games that utilize Dungeons and Dragons fifth editions that take place in the future. And you can just use the same stat plots, but instead of calling it a bow and arrow, it's a laser gun. Boom. Like, like it just doesn't matter. You don't need to pay for Dark Souls, the board game. There you go. There you go. I, I think there's just probably better systems as far as like dating is concerned, yes. but you know, do what you want. Dark, Dark Souls tabletop is literally something you could just close your eyes and dream is real, and it would be just as real. And it would be just as real, and you wouldn't have to pay whatever Steam Forge is going to charge you for it. Mm. Uh, just a couple more. Okay. That guy, you know, gives two US dollars to say which is more predictable, Ubisoft or Pokemon. Well, Pokemon, I guess, but they don't really make a secret of the fact that they've just been hashing out the same game with uh, more slightly different Pokemon year after year. Yeah, yeah. Although I guess the new one's a bit different in that now it's Monster Hunter as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are there new Pokemon, though? I don't know if I've come across a new Pokemon yet in the new Pokemon. Well, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't played it, been playing it very long, but oh, I okay. haven't. Yeah, although I haven't really, I'm only really familiar with the original set. Sure, from like the anime from like the early 2000s. Hmm. I never really played the games much. Gotcha. So yeah, I don't know. I haven't come. I don't. I don't think I've come across any new Pokemon. And if I have, maybe I, I just don't know if they're new or not. Uh, so that that was a little disappointing. You know, even the starter, the starter three are just three old starters. Where it's like, come on, give me some new stuff. Give me some new how stuff. do you get? How do you get Pikachu to ride the bus? How? You Pokemon. Yeah. Anyway, Gabe Clement <laughs> gives five US dollars to say, "Eh, I can't exactly be unhappy with that response. I did basically bribe you into answering a question that you might not necessarily find enjoyable. I don't even know what that's referencing, Gabe Clement. I've entirely forgotten who you are." But thanks for the money. We appreciate it. Yay. Yay. I'm trying to scroll back to see if I can find the original question. And I can't. So, haha. Well, so much for that. Yeah. Any uh, non-super chat like bonus content things? Oh, here we go. Mariam Chowdhury, member for 22 months. Thank you. Uh, early access uh, says, yikes, it's been a while. Okay. And uh, Dr. Zero, mem member for 15 months early access, says, I think themed versions of D&D &D can work like SW5E. 
you, it's like you're talking another language, Doctor Zero. I assume that's Star Wars. Is Maybe? Well, I'm about to say, is there a Star Wars tabletop setting? But of course there is. I mean, yeah, of course there is. I don't even know if that's true, but of course there is. Um, that's all the ones that were still on the chat. Oh, hang on. Some more just came in. Oh, okay. Okay, no more super chats now, please. What was it? Are you, is it Toffee okay? Toffee? Did you squish Toffee? Toffee, how are you? Well, he was moving, and then he just made a... Did you trap your paw in something? Was that it? Don't, don't look so shamefaced, Toffee. We're all friends here. Toffee. I just want to know what was concerning you. Was I sitting on your tail? Was that it? Oh. I feel better now. By the way, like it should be noted that Toffee has just been in your robe snuggling the, the entire time. He's here most times I'm streaming. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> When he, when he shook just then, something wet splashed me across the mouth. Aww. I don't really want to think about what it was. Nope. Just dark <clears> stuff. <laughs> right, Tuffy, you sit there. <clears throat> uh, Dashus Navnul gives five US dollars to say, Are you familiar with Urbit? One of the members of its community created Cruelty Squad. Hmm? Jonathan Blow spoke at their conference recently. No, I'm not familiar with Urbit. I do not know what it is. Same. Uh, maybe I'll just quickly Google that. Urbit is a personal OS designed from scratch to run peer-to-peer applications. I don't even know if that was the thing you were talking about. Great. So it's like Linux, but more lame. Great. Yeah, sounds fascinating. <laughs> Donald Nabati gives 10 US dollars to say for Yahtzee's joke. Since Jack was nonplussed. Was that the Pokemon joke? I think okay. so. I just don't I don't think it I don't think it works. You poke him on? Yeah. Poke you poke him on. You poke him on the bus. Why would you poke him on the bus? You could put him on the bus. Well You could maybe place him on the bus. Well maybe maybe you were all waiting to get on the bus and he'd sort of zoned out and hadn't sure. realized the door was open. So you poke him on. Like, like, how do you get into a fight with Pikachu? You poke him on, maybe. All right. How do you activate a, a Pikachu-themed uh, electronic toy? <laughs> right. You poke him on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fun. How do you... <laughs> okay, here's, here's a better pun joke. How okay. does Bob Marley like his donuts? How? We're jamming. How how do you wake up a Jamaican? You Pokemon. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> what do you see if you see a spaceman? What? You park in it, man. Oh, I like that one. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> okay. Are we done now? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Please let's be done. <laughs> 
Thanks for watching Slightly Something Else, everyone. I was Yahtzee Crozier. And I was Jack Packard. Um, coming up streaming next, uh, Nick is about to write that in the chat to, so we know. Uh, what I can tell you is uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, is the post-ZP stream. Yes? Question mark? Yes, indeed. Uh, of Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. So I'd better bring on a co-commenter who I hate. Ooh, fun. Uh, then Thursday, as uh, today we play, um, uh, if it's me choosing, it's probably going to be Pokemon, because that's the game I'm currently playing. And then mm-hmm. more stuff is streaming, I'm sure. Uh, is there something else today? I think they're playing the bloodborne psxd make aren't they yes nick just confirmed casey and jesse on hidden gems today at 3 p.m central time is playing the bloodborne d make which is bloodborne made to look like a playstation one game some very mental person has put a lot of work into that which they will never ever be able to monetize but uh, let's give them a round of applause anyway. Absolutely. Listen, art is art, and this this is going to be interesting. I'm actually uh, very excited to see like how this plays. That'll be that'll be fun. It's a bit weird how people who put that much work into that sort of thing. It's like recreating the Mona Lisa with like breadcrumbs, right? I mean, why? We've already got the Mona Lisa. No, because my your one, is your one's your one's probably going to blow away or get eaten by a sneaky dog. Yes, and that's the point of my art. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, bye, everyone. Speaking of sneaky dogs, Toffee needs to go and check the house for crumbs. So I'd better go.